Hi, this is Rix on behalf of the men's ministry team here at St. Saviour Sunbury. You're about to listen to a live recording of a special event we put on called What Women Want, where we had an opportunity to interview five amazing women from the life of our church and have them share their opinions, their experiences and biblical understanding of men. As you listen to this, we encourage you not to think of it as a tick box of things to do, but instead a resource to gain further understanding of the women in your life and hopefully open up deeper conversations and growth in your relationships. We really hope it blesses you. All right, this is it. This is why we came, right? This is why Martin flew all the way from Japan to come to What Women Want. I mean, if anyone's got a better story than that, anyone flying from further than Japan? You win, you win, Martin. This is men's ministry. We like to be a little bit competitive, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we've got about an hour with these lovely ladies, so we're going to try and make the most of it and dive straight in. Should we just go around the sofa uh, and maybe you tell us your name and a little bit about yourself? <laughs> um, I'm Laura and I'm married to Josiah and he's sitting right there. Um, How long have you been married? Oh, we've been married three and a half years. Ooh. Yeah, three and a half-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Cool. Um, my name's Rachel. And um, I've said this all in the wrong order, so I'm just going to read it out. Um, I was privileged to be brought up in a strong Christian um, husband and wife, long-term married family. Um, Older generations have been the same. Um, I've been at a church all my life. I became a Christian aged four. I was baptized aged 13. I've had youth camps and things supporting me um, throughout life. So I've had a very strong Christian example. um, And privileged to have great in-depth Bible teaching. I've been married for six years to Ollie, who is looking after our two-year-old, two-and-a-half, as he tells us, two-and-a-half-year-old son, Joseph, um, who made Bing Bunny biscuits this evening. Interesting. Don't look at the kitchen. Um, And I am the church administrator manager at the moment, but my passion is um, sign language and doing what God wants. So I just serve. Thank you. I'm Abby. Close ones. (laughs) Um, I've grown up in a Christian family. Um, Mum and Dad always went to church, so I always went to church. I gave my life to Jesus when I was about 14. Um, I'm single, but I do have a dog, and he requires quite a lot of attention. (laughs) My name's Val. Um, I think I'm the oldest here, Uh, retired. Um, I'm married to Les, and we've uh, been married, we celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary um, in November, last November. Uh, Last year now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, We've both been married before. Um, I was married 14 years to my previous husband, and uh, we were divorced. Um, And I have two wonderful daughters and a wonderful son-in-love that I call son-in-love, not son-in-law. Um, Who's here? (laughs) John at the back. Um, And, uh, yeah, I've uh, been a Christian for since I was about 14, too. Um, Was baptised when I was 18. Uh, My parents became Christians when I was about three. So, um, and I actually was privileged to watch them being baptised at the age of eight. So it was quite um, an amazing thing, full immersion baptism. Um, yeah, and I, I head up the um, pastoral care team here at St. Saviour's. 
which is getting a busier job now. But I'm retired, so I can do that. Thank you, Val. Thank you. So I'm Julie. I'm married to Dave, who's on sound. Can you turn me down a bit? I'm booming up here. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> turn me off. I don't need a microphone. I am quite loud enough. Thank you. Um, so I uh, work for Tear Fund. I've worked there for 20 years. Uh, we came to the church a year ago, and since June, I've been volunteering supposedly half a day a week, but it's always much more than that in the church office, um, and I have the title Special Projects, um, which means everything and anything. I just love to serve. So uh, I come from a non-Christian family. My uh, parents have got, had a 23-year age gap between them. My dad was the elder one. He'd been married twice before, so I had two older half-brothers. Um, the nearest one in age was 11 years older than me. I uh, then had a, four, a brother, a real brother, who was four years younger than me. I was sent to Sunday school at the age of four, even though my family didn't go to church. Um, and I journeyed through lots of different churches. And finally, God brought me back to church when I was about 15. And I started exploring more. But it was probably when I was 18 um, that I really learned that being a Christian wasn't about going to church and doing what people said, but it was about a relationship with Christ. And I was baptised in the Holy Spirit at about the age of 20. And that was an amazing experience. Um, so I have been engaged three times. Uh, I'm, this is my second marriage. My first marriage lasted just over a year. Um, and that was an, an abusive relationship and really unhealthy. Um, I have a son. Uh, so Dave and I have been married 15 years. And we have a son, Ed, who was born on our second wedding anniversary. So that's it. No more wedding anniversary presents for my husband. Um, I've done my bits forever. Um, anything else? Pretty that's good. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. Um, we're okay with mics, aren't we? So, so the first question, I'm going to just, like, us men, we like getting to the point, right? Um, first question, what do you think makes a good Christian man? What are important characteristics, in your opinion? Um, so when I was thinking about this, I thought a bit about kind of biblical ideas of a Christian man, but also, I guess, what I'm looking for. Um, so when I was thinking about this, it was someone who can lead me and love me, but also accept me for who I am, um, and someone that challenges me in my faith and that will keep me going and keep me just fighting and just keeping on that walk with Jesus, really. So I've got a list. <laughs> right, if you couldn't go with this, um, yeah. So um, empowering is a good Christian man. Um, so as Abby said, lead you on, encouraging you. Um, somebody who shows me value. Um, I want somebody that can make decisions, please. Um, I want somebody that upholds the values that we've set um, and really keeps them on an everyday basis. I want somebody who cares for the whole, sorry, I'd say I want somebody, I think a good Christian man should be somebody who cares for the whole person, um, who nurtures and develops. It's about everything, it's about emotional as well as um, physical. Can he cook? Food, yeah. So I, I don't know, how, those of you that are in business, you'll have come across Maslow's hierarchy of needs. 
And in at the bottom, you've got the food, the security needs, the food is definitely in there, and you work your way up. You know, I want the guy that does the self-actualization stuff and beyond, um, so who really cares. I think that's what a Christian man should be. Um, if that's what we need, that's what it should be. Um, I want him to, I think he should be teachable, honest, reliable, giving, full of faith, challenging, observant, and just a few more things apart from that. <laughs> I've got a man that cooks. <laughs> so you have... Oh, very good. Um, yeah, when I was still working, because there's 16 years, this is making a lot of noise, isn't it? There are 16 years between myself and my husband, and he obviously retired before I did. And while I was still working um, full time, I'd come home from work, and he'd say to me, and I am genuine about this, this is not a joke, he'd say, sit down, I'll make you a cup of tea, I've got the dinner on the go, and we'll have dinner in however long it took to, for him to finish off the dinner. That's really good for a man. Um, affirming. Um, Les is so good at affirming and praising me. And not men, are, men are not very good at doing that. Tend to, um, a lot of men find that quite hard to do, but my husband is really brilliant at doing that and, uh, and has given me the freedom to do what I do because I do quite a lot of um, things in the church. Um, he does less and uh, likes to be an observer and a supporter, which he does brilliantly. And uh, as a Christian husband, that is so important to me uh, to have a man who supports me, who loves me, who cherishes me and uh, works with honesty and integrity. That is so important to me. And, uh, and when he's wrong, he admits that he's wrong. And uh, he's better at doing that than I am. Um, I just put just a genuine love for God and general just excitement about his faith, so not a guy who just goes to church now and again and it's just kind of part of his life, but I think a real Christian man is someone who makes God this real center of his life, so decision-making is based on prayer and is based on seeking God, um, and I think... That makes him really reliable as well. So in times of trouble and when stuff starts to get shaky, because life isn't always easy all the time, you know you've got a man whose strength is is based in the Lord rather than his own strength. And I think one thing, like totally correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the world often projects this image on men that they have to be really strong and really tough and really this and really that. And um, actually... A real Christian man, I think, is a man that relies on God for his strength. Um, so to be able to see that, yeah, relying on God for strength. I echo what Laura said. Um, uh, to use a church lingo, a whole life disciple, we are given the gift of faith by God. We are given the privilege of knowing him, and he has rescued us from death to life, so we live life with God being the most important thing um, for a man to uh, live and breathe and every decision to be through him and with him to be guided by God in all things um, to live for him till he returns or calls us home um, the examples I have are my dad and Ollie um, my husband so 
growing up, my dad would kneel by his bed in prayer and Bible study at the start of every day. Being a teacher, he then went off to school and, and he ran a Christian club for the children in the lunch times. Um, he'd come home and then he'd lead the youth group at church. He'd take them off to camps in the summer. He'd take us off, clearly, to camps. Um, we as a family would talk for hours about Christianity, um, either in the kitchen or the bathroom or you know, halfway up the stairs, whatever, discussing Bible passages he knew. Um, he only probably read the Bible through twice in his life, but it took seven years each time because he went through like concordances and different groups and things. Um, and he was a deacon at church. Uh, it just He lived and breathed God because God was him. And the same with Ollie. He loves God. He serves. He lives. And yes, it would be lovely to have all the other things, but I'm not comparing this now. It's, it's who a man is before God, um, looking after the person he's been given as the wife. Thank you. Um, so me summarizing a little bit, it sounds like you're saying focus on God, focus on him first, and the more we press into him, it sounds like the more you guys are saying, yeah, that's a Christ- good Christian man, I wanna, I wanna come alongside. Is that fair to say? Yeah, okay. All the other stuff flows out of that, in, in case you didn't catch that. Um, so this is something I'm uh, learning uh, with my wife, is why are these things so important to you? So, if a, so going back to um, what you were saying over there in terms of affirmation and cherishing you and things like that, what happens when you receive that from, from your husband? Um, I think it gives a real sense of safety and security in who you are and who you are as a, a, a couple facing the world and all that the world throws at you. Um, knowing that God's there in the centre and um, giving us that real sense of um, being protected, I think, as a woman. Because there there are lots of things out there when you are single, and I have been single in between having um, been married, and uh, and obviously before, but um, I was married um, first time at 21, so... Um, experience life a lot more but um, when I was on my own with the children when they were young um, that you, there's a vulnerability I think that is natural in women that we try and cover or sometimes hide but um, it's, it's good to have a man to actually know that he is looking to God and that he's got that integrity in him that is so important to us to to live alongside and to work with. Uh, Just to say quickly about, um, just picking up those two words, protection and safety. And I think, uh, you know, I speak, I probably speak on behalf of a lot of men, but we have that inbuilt into us, that sense of wanting to protect, wanting to make sure our our wives, our partners, our our children are, are, are feeling a sense of protection as well. Thank you for that. Sadly, that wasn't my experience with my first marriage. Um, So for me, some of these things are really important because I'm battling against what I've experienced in the past. Um, Coming from a non-Christian home, I didn't have that godly example. Um, And my dad, whether he had any faith or believed in God, I don't know, but we didn't talk about it. We didn't actually ever talk about anything that was really important. 
so for me, I guess, if, you know, summing all this stuff up, it's about talking about the important stuff, the stuff that really matters. Yeah, we laugh and joke about, um, yeah, they, did they cook dinner? And that does make a big difference if I don't have to think about that. Um, but I want to talk about the stuff that really matters because that's what gives me energy. Um, it's what enables me to do everything else. It turns me into a better person. It, it helps me to be what God's called me to be. And God's called me to do stuff that actually I don't find easy. Um, and so I want somebody that's going to come alongside and encourage me to be able to do those things. To challenge me when I'm giving up and saying, actually, I can't do it, I haven't got the energy to do it. To sort of give me a kick up the pants um, and to keep me on that straight and now, yeah, okay, you can tell him. He will never do it. But, but yeah, I want somebody that can do that. The, the best people, the people I love to work with are the people that challenge me in a nice way, not in a degrading way. But, um, you know, there's somebody that says, actually, I know you can do this. I want somebody that really pulls me on when I'm giving up. And yeah, and somebody when I'm out and working till all hours that does do the practical stuff, as if you said, to enable you to do that. Um, it's great when I go out and speak for Tia Fund, Dave comes and, and does the PA and does all that for me. So I don't ever have to worry if I go into a church with a really ropey PA system that people aren't going to hear me because I've got my built-in support systems. That practical stuff's really important. And for me, it's that, that mixture of the practical and the emotional, the intellectual stimulation that enables me to do um, just even more than I could have ever been able to do on my own. Thank you. So um, the next question, we might have to lock the doors in the back because people might run away. What are the big no-nos <laughs> that men do that women wished they didn't do? And why? So what are the things that um, maybe can be frustrating or challenging that maybe we don't know that we do, or maybe first? we do. Um, this might be a really obvious one. Just so I knows what I'm going to say. <laughs> so, just the classic. Um, you need to listen. <laughs> you need to listen. Pardon? So, listen. <laughs> so, I don't know if you know this, but we can tell when you're not actually listening. <laughs> I, I can just tell. Josiah's actually really good at this. So. Um, he does this sometimes, so when I, I can tell when he's not really listening, but that he'll actually admit that he wasn't listening. He'll actually say, oh, sorry, I actually wasn't listening just then. Can you say that again, or can you wait until I'm done this, and then I'll give you my full attention? And actually, by him just saying that, I, that makes me feel better because that affirms me. That just validates that what I'm going to say is important. He does care. Um, it's not that he was just purposefully trying not to listen. Um, sometimes um, you guys like to fix so we we bring you know our hurt we come back from work maybe and it's not been a great day and we're kind of upset and and you just want to fix it and quite a lot of the time we just need to cry we need to have a bit of a talk about it but we don't need you to fix it and um I was thinking about this actually today and I was thinking actually unless I ask unless I'm like I need your opinion on this unless unless we actually ask it's very 
likely that we just need to vent and cry and that's it. We don't actually need anything else. Um, if we need help, we often, I would ask for it. Um, but, other than, but other than that, actually crying is really healing for us. Like I cry and I feel better. <laughs> Everyone's nodding. <laughs> Like in, and I don't know, maybe some of you guys start to freak out if you see a, a lady crying, I don't know. But um, it's actually a good thing. It actually is, is releasing and it actually helps a lot. So don't worry, crying's good sometimes. Um, but you can often make it worse if you just try and fix it. You can kind of stir it up a bit more when actually if just wait five or ten minutes, then we might have just moved on by then. <laughs> um, practical solution... Don't bring up stories of when we've called you crying. Um, Dave likes to do it all the time. Um, there was once an incident where my electricity broke in my flat and I called Dave crying and he thought it was serious and likes to remind me quite often that it wasn't serious. When we call you crying, it's always serious. <laughs> always. So when you call us and you're crying, it's serious. Yeah. Got it. But it doesn't mean we need you to do anything. We just need you to accept <laughs> it's serious. Right. Yeah. Okay. For us in that moment. It might not be in an hour's time, but then it yeah. is. Even in late. Um, I've got a couple of things I've written down. Um, insincerity. Um, pretending outside the home or outside the family that you're something that you're not. Um, that is uh, really hard to, to accept and take. Um, a sorry, roving, sorry, Val. Pretending when you're outside to, of the family. Yes, yeah, to be something that you're not. Gotcha. So not being honest about who you are. Um, I'm not saying that I've experienced that, but I'm just saying that that is a real no-no from a woman's point of view. Because um, uh, we, we can see, actually, through that. Most women can. Um, so be be yourself. Um, a roving eye. Um, nobody appreciates having a partner that looks at other women um, when they're out and about, and uh, uh, especially at what level they're looking at women at. So I'm, I'm sure you know what that means, but thankfully I've not experienced that either. Um, and the other thing is, uh, and I found this with some men, um, that they publicly criticise their wives. And I find that so difficult to accept and to hear. And uh, I want to smack them. I know that's not very Christian. Um, but um, actually, discipline, yeah. Um, but, but it's not right to put your wife down in front of other people. And, uh, and I've experienced that for other people, and I found that very uncomfortable. Um, I feel like so, I should say, and that goes both ways, right? Yeah, on behalf absolutely, of the men. Yeah. First one, really practical. Don't partially complete household tasks and leave them <laughs> for months and years for me to either do or to remind you that you need to do. Uh, unless you have a really good body, Please don't walk around half undressed. <laughs> um, please don't 
expect me to thank you for something because you've done it when I've done it 20 times and you've never said thank you. You know, it's the man that he does the washing up and he has to be thanked and bought flowers and it's such a big thing. And, and you, your wife's been doing it for a year and you've never even said thank you or even acknowledged she's doing it. Um, that is, is really wish that we wouldn't do. I think we, we talked about failing to show appreciation. Um, I do a lot of stuff with um, young mums at work, return to work mums. And we often talk about the hard thing for us is that we have to do all the planning of everything. And we do have to manage the men. And it's exhausting. So please don't assume we're going to do things. Please don't leave it all to us. It's supposed to be a partnership. Um, so, yeah, just play your part. Um, we may seem omnicompetent, and I'm sure we are, but we are exhausted. So please don't assume that we're happy doing it. At least acknowledge that it's a hard job that we're doing and acknowledge that we're doing it. I echo the last point, if that's okay. Um, why these things are important to me, it's because we are teamwork, because it is husband and wife. Um, and if I'm wanting to be a whole life disciple, I need a partner together. Um, but I think... I've taken a slightly different stance, sorry, in terms of what are the big no's. I think that I've kind of written that Satan is very good at attacking our God-given roles. Uh, so the women do start to lead um, and feel as though they can't place as much trust on a man or um, our minds, Satan can twist our minds not to respect you guys, which we should do, which is completely biblical, um, Ephesians 5.33. Um, and women need to love, uh, women need love, and men need respect. Um, so the big no's would be clearly that we don't respect and you don't love. Maybe in the way that we need, talking about love languages and whatever, that's quite useful, but it's not majorly biblical. But if God is all love, then that's kind of important. Um, and maybe right in the beginning, um, like when Adam and Eve were in the garden, Adam didn't step up to be the leader. Um, and the wife got on with it and did it wrongly, clearly. Um, so the roles have twisted and we are squashing what is our rightful roles. Um, so maybe not to, for, for a man not to partner in daily life as you imagine. So um, in Genesis, the man was there to work the garden, but if we actually do a lot of the gardening as well, um, if you understand me, um, then it's kind of down to us again, or because we're like the home carer and men might be out all day and then just come home and rest, but we care for the home. We are the ones that care for you. We are the ones that want to provide for you in terms of food and drink and whatever. Um, that's really important. If, it then, if it's not either acknowledged or um, taken up or assumed or whatever. Um, and then I think, yes, in terms of listening, I would say a whole worldwide situation now is too much phone. We are all so addicted to our phones. Put it down, communicate face-to-face, -face, um, be immediate and present moment focused. And I know we are so, we are all not present moment focused. We're thinking about, oh no, what happened yesterday? So often in the past worry or in the future, what could happen, what might happen, but actually now um, get focused on that. Um, it can be good, but everything can be warped by Satan and warped by our sin. Um, so we need to all be aware. We need to be strong to recognize that and stop it. Thank you, Rachel. It actually goes into the next question really well. Um, 
and that is the, the Bible places leadership on the husband, the father. What is your understanding of marriage according to Ephesians, 21, uh, Ephesians 5, 21 to 33, which is just exactly what you quoted just now. Um, and I'll, I'll read it out. So Ephesians 5, 21 to 33. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the saviour. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. And it goes on to give instruction to the husbands. But this is men's ministry, and you're telling us what, what women want, so we're going to leave that bit there. Um, what is your understanding about that scripture? What is that... Does it, is it challenging? Is it something that you have wrestled with and come to a conclusion? Is it something that you're working through? So I guess my view is obviously from what I've seen from other people, but also what I've read. Um, it's hard. Like, as women, we're supposed to love, we're supposed to support, we're supposed to encourage, and we're supposed to submit. But actually, for you guys, your job is so much harder. You have to try and love your wife like Jesus loved the church. I mean you've got a massive task um so yes we can try our best to do all of those things and you're going to do your best to try to love us like Jesus loved the church but ultimately we're all broken we're all going to fail at times um or most of the time depending on how you look at it so I think it's just so important that as we battle and as we just keep going and keep going we just forgive each other and we're so graceful in that Interestingly, um, for the wife, there's three verses. For the man, husband, there's nine. <laughs> so what Ray, um, Abby was just saying is, uh, is quite significant in that it's a huge responsibility as a man to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Um, and for us to do our part and not to try and take over and do the job that men are called for before God, and that is to be our leaders. And um, we want men to step up and to be our leaders and, and to be the husband that we can respect and look to and love and know that they're listening to God and, uh, yeah, hearing God first and... Uh, and to be the example for our children so that they see the right leader of the family, the right leader. Um, clearly in saying this, you know that we are all fallen human beings, so we all get it wrong. And we could go home tonight and have a major Barney because that's probably quite likely. But um, yeah, it's lovely to know. <laughs> yeah, I think that God has made us different. He's created us with specific gifts and spiritual gifts specifically for man and for women and um even me and Josiah were talking yesterday about how there's there's this whole movement of women right now who are kind of women can do everything men can do kind of a bit anti-man in that kind of in some sense um and I don't ag I don't agree with all that I think we, we should actually be celebrating our, our differences and how we can combine and work together um, I think, yeah, just echoing what's been said, really, I think women ca can tend to take over um, when they feel like man isn't doing, I don't know, doing, doing it the way they want it to be done. Um, I think men are called to be leaders. I think God has given us, has given men the gift of, of leadership. And 
it's probably I've seen that in my own family in my own home growing up so maybe I don't I don't have such difficulty seeing Josiah as the head of our home as the head of our marriage that's quite um I'm quite okay with that um yeah I feel like we're called to to fill those gaps for each other God's given us the gifts to do that just like Rachel was saying how women need to feel safe they need to feel um protected and men need to feel respected and honored and so in a way we do have to fight against what the world is telling us to do and against kind of movements like that like come on women can do everything that men can do I'm like well actually women are really good at nurturing and comforting and doing all of these different things and men are actually much better at doing these kinds of things and it's okay that men are better at this and women are better like it's okay that's fine because we've been created differently and that's a good thing yeah teamwork I like that I really like um, what you said there I've heard it before when uh, it's been said we should celebrate men being men and women being women. And it's a sense of celebration, not a, well, we all have to be the same and there has to be exactly the equal amount of X, Y, Z. Thank you. I, I mean, I don't think we look at the passage enough. I certainly am really guilty of not doing that and not having that discussion. Um, I'm sure we did the marriage course and I'm sure at some point in that we would have looked at that verse, but really whether I took it to heart and how much do I revisit it um, and my husband, as, as my leader, should be making me do this. Um, but I think there is something about, you know, that the man is responsible for helping the wife become perfect and is, is to put that, put that leadership role on. And, and we do. And my husband will tell you rightly so that he doesn't always try to because I have more opinions than him. Um, and I th- we were talking today at work and I was with a group of, um, of 20, 20 odd people of which 17 were women and we were doing leadership training and the majority of those women were, uh, are married um, and just talking about what's that like we're, we're called to be leaders at work and we're sort of leading our family but how does that translate when we get home we're so used to being that leader do we then, how are we then submissive and I just think we avoid it and we don't have the conversations that maybe we should have, have, be having. And we just could be much more brave and grapple with it. Um, and, and certainly, as you've said, you know, um, you know, what model are we giving to our children? Thank you. Um, uh, an example from my marriage. Uh, so I've been, we've been together 17 years, married for, got to get it right, 12 11, coming on to 12. Um, and, you know, there, uh, it's, it's been said before, it's a, it's a challenge, it's a challenging relationship. And so there are times when you read that passage and I'm reading um, what God is saying to women and I'm reading what God is saying to men and I was sitting with one of my mentors um, and I said something along the lines of, yeah, but I am trying to do this, but she's, but I am trying to, and, but she's, and he said, that bit, Ricks, is not for you. That bit is for you. So you focus on your bit and let her focus on her bit, and that's God's plan for marriage. So if we focus on what it is that he's asked us to do, um, and that we'll end up blessing. And both submit to Christ, yes, very good point. 
I think you touched on this before, but when you're struggling in life, um, what do you wish men could understand about how to help you? Should we be listening to you or should we be trying to fix the problem? Which you've already covered, but um, a follow-up question. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on, Rachel's got something to say. Um, I'll, I'll just add this follow-up bit as well, and then you might want to comment on that, and that is, if both, if we should be listening and fixing problems, when do we know when to do which one? How can you guide us? I want to say sorry. I just want to say sorry, because I don't think we know ourselves. And it can change from day to day, hour to hour, minute by minute. Some days we have a hug. Some days we need you to talk. Some days we need you to pray. Seriously, we have no idea ourselves. And I don't think that helps you in what you, we expect of you. So I am sorry that we do not communicate what we need to communicate and that you cannot, therefore, get it right at all and probably feel quite failures a lot of the time. So sorry. Yeah, mine says pretty much the same. It says, if we can't fix the problem, you probably can't either, unless you've got chocolate and wine or a drill. A lot of my problems involve DIY and I can't do DIY. But generally, chocolate and wine and cuddles help. Yeah, I've got... Um Actually, James 1, I've written down, um, verse 19, where it says, um, quick, quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. And I think just responding to us um, when we're in a bit of a heap, um, just listen to us. Don't try and fix it straight off, because we're, off, we're often not actually ready to receive the fix it. Um, solutions. We just want somebody to hug us, somebody to be there, and um, and then yeah, chocolate, definitely chocolate, wine, whatever you know is your wife's or your partner's uh, preferences. But uh, just to be there, and uh, yeah, you can offer your fix it because sometimes we do need that. Sometimes it's a practical thing, but um, to recognise that that isn't always what we need. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, kind of following from what Rachel was saying, I think we often can kind of romanticize things and we're upset and we just expect you to know what to do, what to say. <laughs> and I've been realizing last year or so, actually, my job is to communicate what I need. Josiah's not just going to automatically know what I need. Um, and it's kind of coming down from that. As, as, as women coming down from that romantic kind of place of idea of you just knowing what to do <laughs> um, and just learning to communicate better. Um, yeah, so sorry as well for not communicating better. Um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. So can you learn to listen well? Um, learn to do active listening? And for those, yeah, ask us what we need. Do you know, we might not know, but actually the question that says, what do you need me to do, might get us to the solution. And it's a quicker way, you don't have to guess. If I am blubbing and I can't speak, obviously just listen until I'm ready to tell you. Um, but then say, what do, you need, do you need me to do anything? What do you need me to do? And, and if we can, we'll tell you. We're not trying to hide it from you. Sometimes we just need the permission to tell you. And maybe if it's something we're really struggling with ourselves, we need you just to ask in a way that allows us. Because it might be something that's, that's quite difficult. 
And we need almost that door just opened a little bit to say you can talk to me about it. Thank you, that's really good. We, um, oh, God, we probably also try and expect that you are God, therefore you will answer and you will solve and you will help and everything. And I don't actually think like we all need to go to God. We need to ask God to help. And I think in some ways, because there are differences between men and women, actually maybe we need a group of women friends to offload rather than just expecting the men to do it because the men aren't wired like women, fortunately, because God saw differences. Um, so maybe we are expecting too much of a man as well, and then therefore we are disappointed if it's not happening the way we need it. Yes, we can all try to improve before God. Um, but I, I don't think we've, we've talked about that in terms of the two options you gave us, fix it or um, listen. The can we pray about it? I want to say third option, but that's perhaps not the right way. You know, that, that should be in there as an option. It's, yeah. it's not doing the fix, but saying, okay, we can come together before God and do it. Um, a couple of you mentioned communication in, in that, so I'll just jump to that bit. Um, in what ways could we, as men, generally relate better to their partners? But just following on what we've been talking about, it sounds like uh, we could press into that communication a little bit and just say, are you okay? What can I do for you? Um, you know, can we pray together? Um, you need 10 minutes alone or whatever. So it's maybe if we don't know what to do, are you saying a good communication strategy is just to come and to specifically say, hey, what do you need from me? And um, Yeah, asking, you, asking yeah. questions just is really, really great. Um, that it just shows us that you genuinely care about, you may not know what to say or what to, even just asking, is it time do you want to talk right now or do you want to talk later or even just that shows that you genuinely care I think yeah ask questions so so not to see you crying and go uh, I could do a quick point I'll be back in an hour should be all right by then no? No. maybe not that okay, fair enough. I think it also stems from yes Satan has twisted our roles but Satan has also broken down communication with anyone and everything um, so with communication breakdown, yes, you don't get the listening. Yes, you don't get the speaking. Um, practically, we have to remember that as well while we're talking about practically what to do. Um, we need to try and communicate. So for me, it was um, coming back to the talking about stuff that matters. Um, so a lot of men really love to talk about technical stuff or new cars or all this sort of stuff but can we talk about some heart stuff as well? Um, you, I think Laura already mentioned the understand when we are able to listen. Um, and sometimes we might look as though we're free to listen, but there's some this stuff going on in our head. So just make sure if you want to have a, an important conversation with us, we're not still mulling on something else or doing something. Um, I never thought I'd be one of those people that didn't listen to people. Um, and... I used to get really annoyed when people at work, I got this really important problem and they wouldn't listen and they wouldn't understand. And one of my managers said, well, it's just their head's too full. And my head now gets too full. So you've got to wait until you can have that space in my head and tell me you need that space in my head. Flag up to me that you want to talk to me about something important um, and we'll clear the space to do that. You know, go out for a walk or do something else. Um, find a way and a place of communicating that works um, 
and finish conversations. Um, uh, sometimes, depending on, I don't know, if you do different personality profiles, if you're a Myers-Briggs P and you're not necessarily a, a person that needs a decision, um, that can be really frustrating. So if you want to talk some, about something, try and get to the end of it and not give up halfway through. Or at least flag when you're coming back to it. Just as girls, you need to be aware that often we really, really overthink things um, and we really blow them out of proportion. So if you tell us that you need to talk to us later about something, just be aware that we might blow it out of proportion and when we do start that conversation later, we might come in completely wrong because we have girl brains and they're a bit messy and we don't understand them either. I find what helps with that sometimes, men and women possibly, is writing it down first. So if you're coming into a conversation where you know you, you guys need to talk about something um, and you can tell it's going to be a difficult conversation maybe, um, I find writing things down just, it just um, bullet points your thoughts a bit more rather than just coming into it kind of... Ugh. Is that both yeah. the men and the women? Mm, or are you saying yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember the other day I was just, you know, kind of all up in my head and thinking and thinking and thinking and just, like, writing things out and then we ended up having a great conversation about whatever it was just because I'd written things down. Um, and I know that Josiah does that too, he writes things down and then we'll come into a conversation with, with points and with, yeah, it really helps order things and helps communication. If I'm out a lot, I'm really busy and I need to talk to Dave because he's a real reflector, I do sometimes just text him or email him to warn him that I'm going to need to have a quick conversation about something because I need an answer quickly. But similarly, if he needs me to think about something and it's a big thing, if he drops me an email and tells me that he wants to talk about buying a new car, then it just helps me plan when we can have that conversation and then I'm in a better space to have that conversation. We're all so different, aren't we? Um, uh, when we did the recent exercise for the staff team and the wider staff team, um, conflict was um, a, a difficulty for me because I avoid conflict like the plague. So if there's something that um, we don't agree on, my husband and I, I'm the one that sort of retreats and goes into a corner. And it's usually Les that says, Oi, we need to speak about this. We need to have a discussion and talk about this. He is the reflector, which is, um, you said that Dave is. Um, but often that isn't the case, I gather, with men, because we are different. But actually, I've got a husband who does sit and he thinks, and he will then challenge me, and I'm the one that has to sit down on the naughty step almost. And <laughs> not quite, but, um, but I need to be, you know, sort of sometimes sit down and let's talk about this properly and give time to it. And it's important for us as a couple. Um, so we all work differently, even, you know, we can't stereotype you guys either, or us girls. We are different, but we are, you know, we have our different traits as well. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm wondering which one to go to here. We'll go, we'll go for a little bit of a fun one. If you, yeah, <laughs> Julie knows. Number eight. If you have been married a while, or even if you haven't, what can your husband do to be more exciting to be around. I've got a dog. He's great fun. 
think being spontaneous, I, lo I love it because I'm not one that actually plans a lot in advance and I quite like it when um, my husband says to me, let's go off and go to it for a, a long walk or let's go for a trip down to the sea or um, and be spontaneous and that is exciting. Yeah. Um, so I had really practical things. I've already said a few things. I love it when we have a really deep intellectual conversation. That's exciting to me because I love to think, so that makes it exciting. Um, surprises, spontaneity. Um, listen, the, I think I get really excited when I feel listened to. So if um, I've been pondering something, and uh, Val just said, you know, Les thinks, Dave very often sees things that I don't. And when he tells me that, I'm going, oh, that, I find that exciting. Um, but I said, use your creativity or imagination. Um, I love opening, no, I love Christmas presents. And I love the whole thing of guessing what's in them before I open them. Because when you're old and you only get like one or two presents, it doesn't last very long. Um, and so Dave goes out of his way to wrap my Christmas presents up in such a way that I can never guess what it is, or it takes me a good 10 minutes rattling and, and, what's, and, and going at it. Um, and then he wraps up really fun things. So when he bought me um, a present last year, he wrapped up a bottle of water, a pair of fluffy feet, and a mid-year record, because, of course, my Christmas present was a water feature. And... Just that time and that, you know, that, yeah, it, it builds something up. So just that creativity, that difference, um, yeah, is exciting for me. Well, I've written, put the phone away and connect. Pursue, continue to pursue, initiate and surprise. Depending on the women, of course, but, Yeah. There seems to be a little bit of a surprise element to what's been yeah. said, whether it's a Pet present or going out somewhere. Well. I think just surprise with things that you know we like. Yeah. Like, you know, it's been a while, you know what we like. We have wine and chocolate have been mentioned many times already. Um, Can I just say flowers? Flowers. Flowers. Yeah. Flowers. When, quite easy to please, really. <laughs> but just that quality time, like knowing that you've put aside time, you know, just coming home and saying, I'm going to put my phone away. What should we eat for dinner? I'll cook. I don't know, just, just nice, like, surprises. It's nothing really that extravagant. It can be that simple, just knowing, yeah, that you've put, a time, put aside that time and thought of us specifically, yeah. For me, I'm going to echo that. It's the fact that we feel that you've thought about us. Yeah. Um, and actually... Spontaneity, sometimes if you're too spontaneous, it's, there's, there's less to it. You know, if you're driving past Tesco's and they've got reduced flowers, it's, it's, it's okay, but it's not as good as you well, decide to if we peel the go, label off, if we peel the label <laughs> off. <laughs> it's not as nice as actually you decide to go to the florist and you pick the favourite, you know, the flowers that you know that we'll like. Oh, they do, but yeah. <laughs> I was going there. They're not asking much, are they, guys? Garage flowers are a no-no. But none of what we're saying is purely biblical. This is now on a human point sure. of view, not a biblical God has written it point of view. I'm just bringing us back to God's centre.
I'm really aware of the time now, so we'll, we'll just cover these really quickly if we can. Um, this one is, uh, so number 10, traditional roles in marriage. This one, <laughs> I know. How do you balance the role of managing the home as the wife versus leading the home as a husband? Or do you think, honest question, or do you think that no longer applies? So, <coughs> so traditional roles in marriage is what we're looking at. I think, again, communication really helps. So talking about, before you get married, talking about those expectations, what do you expect these roles to look like? Um, that's really important. And then if you've been married a while, maybe... And, or maybe as soon as you get into marriage, expectations change. It's a bit different than you thought it was going to be like. I think you need to keep talking to each other. So just, I don't know, a good example for us is um, uh, Josiah's really good at doing the laundry. <laughs> I'm terrible at doing laundry. <laughs> I managed in our first year of marriage to bleach all of Josiah's underwear. So if you want to get out of doing laundry for the rest of your marriage, bleach <laughs> your other house underwear. <laughs> Oops. I, I poured bleach on, yeah, everything. It was awful. Um, but I think... <laughs> I think you just have to, to talk. I don't... I think every couple is different. Again, you said over there, like, we can't really stereotype that every couple is different, and you've just got to talk about what you... Josiah knows that I prefer not to take the rubbish out because it smells, and I don't really like doing that. But I am fully capable of doing that I, I often do that but Josiah to be loving often takes it out instead because he knows I don't really like doing that um, no I don't think we have to stick to traditional roles but then again I think going back to what I said before God has given us spiritual gifts he's given us spiritual roles in our marriage but yeah continued communication I think is key oh these millennials <laughs> <laughs> So I think I just want to echo what I said before, that I don't think we teach enough on it. Um, certainly before we got married, we went on one of these pre-marriage courses. And I, I don't know if I was asleep during that bit or something, or we just had a really bad course. But I don't think we mentioned that. I'm looking at my husband to either nod or shake his head at the back. He's not doing either. He's asleep. Um, <laughs> But I, he, excuse me, he is actively listening over there. He's actively he's listening. He's on the sound desk and he's actively listening. Yeah, yeah. So. He's, he's, he's reflecting. He'll nod or shake his head in, in an hour or so. He's shaking his head. We, never, we got there. Um, I don't think we ever discussed... We didn't discuss it. You know, that when I read this again and hadn't really thought about it in this language till I was looking at it for this. And then we had a bit of discussion at work about it today either and most people said the same. The, um, and I think... It, in a workplace, we've got the manager role and the leader role. It sort of joins up. And so the home is sort of becoming an extension of that as well. Um, but then a man, you know, Christ is a, was a servant leader. So that doesn't get the men out of doing the washing up and everything else as well. So it's that balancing it of what it, what it does, what does it look like. Um... Gosh, there's like four questions on the sheet and they're all really good and I'm not sure where to go um, in, in terms of time. I think some of, some of it's been covered. So um, I think my heart for the men here in St. Saviour's and I feel what God is saying to us as men is, um, you know, we're, we're trying to be iron that sharpens iron. We're trying to uh, come along to heart and soul nights and just gain understanding and press into, into things a bit deeper. So um, I think 
if I didn't ask you this, I would regret it afterwards. What do you, as, women, as members of the congregation, women, represent? And you're representing all the women here, okay, right? Every single woman, right? You represent pressure. <laughs> um, what do you see when you see the men of St. Saviour's as a body of men? Um, what do you see when you look forwards? What do you um, envision? Um, when I look at you guys, when I look at the guys in my life group, the guys that I speak to on a Sunday, the people in my team, actually, you're a really caring group of people. Um, you care about us as an individual. You take time. You want to know how our week has been. Um, I think it would be amazing if, yeah, you guys do it well, but what about the younger generation? What about those that are used to always going through a screen everything is done via text or there's just so little face-to-face -face. and if it is face-to-face -face, it's via a selfie on snapchat um and I just think it'd be amazing if you guys took it on as adults as mature Christians to teach young Christians those young boys growing up those teenagers how to do relationship and how to do it not via a screen but how to do it face to face because that's how it matters and actually that's how it's going to last and that's what us as women need we need real relationship not something superficial through a screen um, just because you are the kids pastor here um, if you <laughs> if you have ideas in how we can do that as a body of men, maybe volunteer. That's not help. a question. That's not on my sheet. It's not on your sheet. But, um, <laughs> and it's not something you have to answer right now, but maybe there might be something that comes up where you say, hey, this would be an amazing thing to come and maybe speak to us and see if um, it's on our hearts to try and, uh, try and impart some wisdom where we can. If you're interested, let me know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think um, just seeing you guys worshipping with whole hearts out the front, leading the way, um, I remember just one of the most powerful Sunday mornings. I don't know um, what the call was, like what the question was, but um, the person who was preaching, I think, wanted to pray specifically for men. And I, honestly, like, it was the most powerful thing seeing so many of you men up the front, like, praying over each other and, and worshipping. And I was thinking, that's how it's supposed to be. Like, the men out the front leading the way, showing the example um, I think women can often take charge in the church. Um, I think if you look at all the different areas, all the different ministries in the church, I think they are dominated by women. Um, and I think there's space for men to step up. I think about youth ministry as well. And I think mo most of the volunteers who we've got stepping up are all girls. And I think there are boys in youth ministry, they need men to look up to. Just I can't do it all by himself. Like we need other men, um, and then going down to kids as well. Like Paul Welch can't do it all by himself. <laughs> we need men yeah. to. Yeah, there's definitely gaps for you to fill. Not just to fill. Like there's gaps mm. for you to like step into and then lead us in for sure. And that's that's really important, especially with our kids and our teenagers that are coming from broken homes, or our teenage or just those that don't really know what it's like to have a good relationship with their dad because that quite often you'll be at a conference and that is a barrier to people relating to their heavenly father because they don't know how to have a good relationship with an earthly father or their earth, their relationship with their earthly father is so damaged that they just don't understand how someone could love them so much because they just they have nothing to put that on and I just want to say as well, don't think 
you can't step up because it looks like we've got everything covered. <laughs> like we look like we're doing good. Like just like um, Val was saying, or I think, yeah, you were saying as well, like actually underneath we're a bit tired, I think. And um, maybe tired of, I think there's a lot of women who are just tired of doing everything and we would love it if the men started to step up. We're not going to say, what are you doing? We're not going to question you. Why are you here? Why are you washing the dishes? Why did you make a cake and bring it to church? Like, why are we? <laughs> We're not going to say that. Um, actually, you're going to be met with thankfulness and joy and thank you. Yeah. So don't be afraid. Yeah, I had, uh, uh, I'd just written, step up to the plate, take responsibility, please, guys. Um, because we don't want to do it all. Um, it's, it's good to see our men stepping up and taking leadership roles and being involved in the ministries that the women are tending to have to take control of and lead purely because the men aren't, aren't actually, you know, okay, we understand you're all busy. We understand you've all got busy jobs and busy lives, home lives, responsibilities as well. Um, but we shouldn't be a, a women-run uh, ministries for everything. We have got men coming into the pastoral team, which I'm thrilled about. Um, it's so good to actually have men coming up to, to pray as well with other guys because we, we don't want to feel that we're taking over. And for a man to come up to a woman for prayer is, is, is not right. And it's, it's not, it often doesn't give them that confidence to be able to be a man and to, if they feel uncomfortable, if they want to cry, that's fine. Um, that's, uh, you know, we're, we're comfortable with that, but it's, it's best that, you know, we'd like men to actually be ministering to men. And I think that's why it's so good that you have this, that you are actually doing heart and soul, not just let's go and have beer, which is so important as well as friendships, because we can form friendships a lot easier and we can talk to people a lot easier. And then men are often just, you know, having to work and working long hours and uh, caring for, like providing for the family and they're not encouraging one another, which is so biblical as well. Um, so to learn from your elders, to teach the younger generations, we're all meant to, as the body of Christ, to step into the, the brothers, the uncles, the families, the, the fathers, the husbands, and that's so key. But I just love that this church has it and keep going. And men singing, wow. <laughs> like proper men to God singing, lovely. And I know that it's not, it's not natural to be all lovey-dovey before God, totally not meaning that strong in God with God being your strength. It's just wonderful. Dave, uh, Dave Wood looked over at me after the second song, and I was like, yeah, keep going, keep going. <laughs> I, was like, oh, I just love this in terms of um, what you've just said, in terms of men singing, it is quite yeah. unique. And that second um, song you did, the second one you had, Totally and Utterly, that is your prayer. I was singing that as your prayer before God, which was lovely. We have a bit of a How Great Is Your God anthem going on at um, Heart and Soul. <laughs> but, yeah. Thank you. Um, I think um, just to, uh, you know, just to make it clear that you're not saying men aren't doing anything, but what you are saying is, hey, you know, if you have it on your heart to come in and lead in this area and you feel like God is nudging you or maybe, you know, um, I'm speaking for myself, where I've been too scared about stepping into my calling, um, you're saying, hey, we give, we, here's an open door. So I looked at that question, I thought, oh, big question. And as I thought about the church, and I was picturing standing at the back of the church, it felt like the men were a bit invisible. 
Now, I know loads of men are doing stuff, but it does just feel a little bit invisible. If you look at, I mean, the staff team, the extended staff team, three men and four men, if you include Matthew and 14 women. So where are the leaders? And I never want to go back to the days where it's all men and no women. So how do we do what we've been talking about in marriage and we do it together? So it's that together piece. As Val said, we need more men in the pastoral ministry. We need more men in the, the prayer teams. We've got significant gaps where there are no men. Um, Rachel said, we work so hard. Um, and I think, yeah, together, men and women together, that's, that's, that's the goal, isn't it? Um, celebrating each other in, in, in our strengths and things like that. I think we want to just say how much we appreciate all that you do, you guys. Uh, you, you know, it, in, in this church, we've got an amazing number of men that do step up to the plate. So we're not, please don't feel we're criticizing. We're, we just want to encourage you to um, be who you are in God. And we respect you. Um, we're going to have to wrap up, so I'm going to ask you one last really quick question. Um, maybe there's an example, or maybe um, one of you or all of you want to say one really quick thing about something that you might have learned in your marriage or your relationship that is a strong positive that you'd recommend. So it's more of a recommendation. Um, uh, and this could be something that you do as a wife or something that he does as a husband, or it could be something that you learned from your dad, a sibling, a male friend, something that you go... Yeah, this means something. This is amazing. Um, we'd recommend you keep doing this if you're going to, because us men, we like to prioritize. We like to pick one thing and go for it. So if there's one thing that you could say, hey, this is amazing, what, what, would, what would it be? Have fun, laugh a lot together, spend the quality time with each other. Um, yeah, me and Josiah, we laugh a lot. We just have fun. We're a bit silly a lot of the time. <laughs> and pray. We don't always get it right, just like Rachel was saying, like we're all broken. And we have the amazing, um, yeah, honor that it is to know God, to have a relationship with him. So use it, use it in your marriages. Like if it gets hard, pray. You have that, you have God to turn to, which is incredible. And there's so many marriages which are are breaking down and people don't know why and we're, we're created for a relationship with him and then together so him in the middle just keep praying keep meeting with him together and um talking about what that looks like to meet with god together as a couple but yeah prayer have fun laugh a lot pray um marriages can be hard they are challenging they are tough they are fun they're exciting and they're enjoyable um I want to let single people know, um, male and female, that it's not all wonderful, it's not all plain sailing, it is hard. But we all need to pray for each other to step up and do our God-given roles. Um, date night. Like, take time out and just be really intentional about spending time with each other. Like, there's so much going on. Everyone's a busy person. But if you take that time out, put your phone away and just spend an hour together just hanging out and just having fun and laughing together. Yeah, laughter is so important, I think, in a, in a marriage. Um, don't nag. Um, there's nothing worse than a nagging wife, as we know in biblical uh, it says it in the Bible, but um, it's so easy to, to do that because they haven't done this or, you know, 
Um, we've asked six times and it still hasn't been done. But I've, uh, I've learned uh, to not do that, to accept, especially seeing as I've been married twice, um, to accept who um, my partner is, who my husband is, as he is, uh, as he comes, and not try and change him. And um, God can only change us and transform us. And uh, we can only pray. And I don't know whether um, anybody's read the um, praying, pray for your, praying for your wife, praying for your husband, Stormy O'Marsh. And um, I, I've used that a couple of times and recommended it to other wives. And they are brilliant books where they, they have written prayers, all scriptural, and to pray over and for your husband. And likewise, you guys can pray for us as wives. So important to do that. Thank you. That's really good. Um, keep learning together. So if you ever watch Mr. and Mrs., you will notice that it's always the couples that have been together the shortest amount of time that win, that know the answers, that know what their favorite colors are, that know what they like, and those that have been together for 20 years that they always come last. So keep remembering that stuff. Keep talking about it, keeping it as it changed. Um, if you find talking hard, get somebody to help you. Um, go to counselling. I really, really, really recommend the marriage course. If you get the chance to do that. It's a structured way when you just get to talk to your partner um, and nobody else needs to know what you're talking about. But if it's, if structure really, really helps you, if just go and do it. So put that time and effort in. Um, the, the same amount of time and effort in, as you put in at the beginning to wooing that person to getting to know them. Um, just keep going with that. Thank you. I yeah, feel like Laura has something I, um, to add. I can't believe I didn't say it before, but just, yes, yeah, since before me and Josiah were married, and now that we are married, we've always had another couple who we've gone and met with. Doesn't matter what country we've lived in, doesn't matter where, we, where we've been, we've always sought out another couple. And it is not, it's not a, a thing I don't, know, I don't know why people get ashamed of getting counselling and getting, the, you know, getting help from somebody else. It's just, a, it's just always been a thing for us. It's just a normal, of course we would have another couple in our life that we can turn to. You don't, just because you're married, it doesn't mean you have to do it all by yourselves, the two of you. It's, you can call on another couple. We've always had somebody else and it's been amazing. Like we've walked in. Like when we were in Canada, I was super homesick and um, we went through a real rough patch just because I was really, really homesick and really struggling. And I remember, you know, we're going back and forth, back and forth. And then we went, went and met with this amazing lady and, and we walked out feeling completely different because you sit, you know, in front of a total stranger. They listen, they ask the right questions. And, um, and it's, it's honestly just what your relationship needs sometimes, is just to have that person to go in between to help you communicate. Um, it's amazing, yeah. Definitely get somebody, if you don't have another couple to hang out with or talk to, and just another couple to hang out with and have fun with as well. That's amazing too. Thank you. Thank you so much for those strong recommendations. I think we'll end there. And um, just to say thank you so much for coming along and being brave and stepping up in front of uh, us guys and um, sharing... Uh, some of these things with us and hopefully we can uh, go away, gain some understanding and um, do things hopefully a little bit better.
So thank you for that. Before you go, Julie's eager. Um, we just thought it'd be uh, a nice opportunity um, just to, to pray over you, uh, over the five of you, step up in that spiritual leadership that we were talking about. And, um, and so uh, I have a habit at men's ministry of picking someone at random to come and pray. So, but, but because we talked about spiritual leadership, I thought, what better than our spiritual leader? So um, if you wouldn't mind, Ron, coming up and just um, and praying over these five. And we'd also like to present... Uh, there's a lot of laughter in our marriage. Ro is always laughing at me. Uh, shall we? Shall we? St- <laughs> All right. Shall we stand just to, to honour these beautiful ladies? Father, we thank you. We thank you for their honesty, for their integrity, for their vulnerability, for their insight that they've given us this evening. That we ask you to bless them. These beautiful women, these sisters of ours, more importantly, these daughters of yours. May what they've been given out this evening be returned to them, pressed down and running over. And Father, just forgive us as men where we have failed, where we have uh, missed the mark. Help us, Lord, to step up to the plate. And I'd love it if from this moment on we completely smashed it out of the park at being the best husband, the best father, the best son, the best uncle, the best brother, the best man that you created us to be. For your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Why don't we give them another hand as they leave us for the evening? Thank you. For more information about St. Saviour's, please visit our website at www.stsaviorsunbury.org.uk.